Welcome to the Monday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am Kevin Cole, joined by Ben Brown. We have a, a, you know, an all right game in comparison to maybe some of the island games that we've seen recently on Monday night here. We have Patriots, Jets. Um, Patriots are pretty big favorite. We do have Flacco, so we got an elite quarterback option on the other side here. But before we get into everything about Monday night, including uh, the betting, prop angle, uh, DFS showdown angle. Let's talk about what we learned this Sunday. So the first thing I want to get into is something that I've been harping on for a while, which was the fact that Russell Wilson may have been a little too, we may have been a little too confident in the fact that he was going to be the MVP this year. Betting markets have had him at 50% or better for a while. Now he had four turnovers today. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a pretty good game. Aaron Rodgers had a great week this week. What do we think about the betting odds for Russell Wilson going forward, Ben? Is he should he still be the odds-on favorite? Uh, go after what we saw this week. Yeah, I would not place him as the odds-on favorite. I do understand that he is quite valuable to the Seahawks as a team in general. Obviously, they go as far as Russell Wilson's going to take them. Uh, that's not necessarily reflective for other top quarterbacks, but I do think that the two quarterbacks ahead of him, both Patrick Holmes and Aaron Rodgers, that does hold true for. And looking and comparing basically all three of those guys, Patrick Mahomes basically doesn't make the same mental mistakes that I would say Russell Wilson is making at this point in time. Obviously, Russell Wilson had the four turnovers. He's taken, uh, what is it, 24 sacks, basically. I think he's fourth in the NFL in sacks taken so far this year. I think Mahomes has only taken 11. So just from that perspective, how much we uh, are learning and understanding about sacks in general, how those are quarterback stat, um, those sorts of things, I do think that Wilson's just harming his team in too many negative situations for him to actually be the most valuable player at this point in time. So I would definitely put Patrick Holmes first. I do think Aaron Rodgers is probably second, definitely coming off that big game on Thursday Night Football. Um, and then I would probably still have Wilson third. I'm not quite sure, of course. You know, Tom Brady's up there as well. He's not necessarily performing uh, up to par here on Sunday Night Football. So from that perspective, I do think he could probably take a step back as well. But are you still on the train? Uh, Russell Wilson's not the MVP favorite whatsoever at this point in time. And if so, who are you going to put ahead of him? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really wasn't on the that he sh- he's not the favorite whatsoever. It was the more fade that, the train, fade the train. Yeah, it was. It was really kind of fade this confidence that we had in him. I mean, what I'll say is, if you look purely at a bunch of different metrics, I think it's hard to say that Aaron Rodgers. If you're only looking backwards at what happened this season, he looks pretty good. I mean, he had that one awful game against Tampa Bay, and I think that sticks out in people's minds. But I believe after this week, he's going to have the highest PFF passing grade. He's going to have the highest EPA per play statistics. Um, but you know, if we're going to bet on who's going to win at the end of the season, I'd just be much more confident now that Patrick Mahomes is going to get you that solid elite performance, almost guaranteed for the rest of the season versus the other guys. And then uh, there'll probably be some noise that Josh Allen, you know, after having bested um, uh, uh, Russell Wilson, could be back in the picture. Um, maybe that's true, but he's really just, you know, the entire offense for them. He threw for four, for 100 yards. But he also took seven, seven sacks in, in, in that game. Right. So luckily for him, he didn't fumble one of them like, like he normally does. So that was a bit off. But uh, it'll be interesting to hear, hear Josh Allen supporters, whether they're still in belief that he could possibly win the award. Yeah, I mean, seven sacks against the Seahawks defense is kind of uh, not great at that <laughs> they point. They had Jamal time, Adams so. at I'm least. <laughs> 
Right, that is true. That is that is a big difference for that Seahawks defense. Apparently, we saw that on Sunday. So uh, not, not, not uh, for coverage, but then, for pass rush. Yes, not. Yeah, very true. Very true. <laughs> so then, if the C, if it's not the Seahawks in the NFC, who would you be placing probably as your favorite to come out of the NFC at this point in time? Okay, you know what's crazy is this. I've kind of been scared to say it most of the season, but I really have liked the Saints a lot this season just because I always thought Drew Brees, first of all, they were my top team going into the season. So I'll say that, number one. So how much that prior matters or not, I'm not sure. Number two, the defense hadn't been playing well, but they've also been just destroyed by penalties this year. They've given up so many defensive pass interference calls. Now, some of that can be consistent, maybe if you're just a really poor team, but I just don't see them as they have pretty good depth um, across all levels of the defense. And number three is I've been a bigger believer in the fact that Drew Brees is going to rebound. And I think we've seen that these last few weeks. Now, everyone is going to say uh, he'll, he'll fall apart in the playoffs and, and everything else. Well, maybe that's the case. But if he can continue to put together wins here, there isn't another dominant team in the conference. And uh, presuming that they go on, uh, you know, they have this two game lead over the Bucks, they're going to have that tiebreaker. That's going to be huge. Russell Wilson has a couple of losses now, and the Seahawks. So it's going to be really whether or not Green Bay can can keep them off and can get that top that number one record and get that one that one critical buy. But I think the Saints might might be my team to get that buy. And if they can, then I think they could finally get out of the NFC East. And we'll have to stop hearing about how Drew Brees somehow he can't win in the playoffs. He can win Week 15 for some reason, but he can't win in the playoffs. I think he just had some bad luck in these playoff games. Yeah, I definitely think the top two is Saints and Packers definitely makes the most sense at this point in time. I would have probably put the Buccaneers uh, before this Sunday night performance as my favorite. But at this point, when they're, you know, basically two two wins behind the Saints, the Saints have obviously beat them twice. There's just no way that they're probably going to be able to overcome that in the NFC South. And like you touched on just a little bit, I do think that crucial number one overall seed is uh, uh, significant and has a ton of importance this year um, in certain ways that we probably don't even understand at this point in time so from that perspective i do think that whoever gets the number one seed is probably going to be the odds on favorite it does look like the saints definitely have a clear path if the packers uh, can keep pace and potentially sneak that out then i'm definitely probably putting them as you know the odds on favorite to get out of the nfc all right. So lastly, let's talk, let's flip over to the AFC. We have the, our undefeated Steelers at eight. No, the Chiefs barely squeak by the Panthers at home. What are we thinking about the AFC here? We also had the Baltimore Ravens who won, but you know, again, did not look great in the process. They actually had a fumble six there that really helped boost them early, and they, the offense was stagnant. So, well, what are we thinking? Is there? Is there, a, is there a clear hierarchy in the AFC, um, and how much does it matter now that we have the Steelers as the only undefeated team? Yeah, I mean, it matters in certain scenarios and certain situations. It obviously matters from the number one overall seed perspective in the AFC, of course, that the Steelers are the only undefeated team. But I'm definitely putting the Chiefs as that number one overall team. I do think that they're going to be able to win out at this point in time if they need to to actually secure that. So uh, from that perspective, it's just... Are the Steelers going to slip up? I think they kind of show that they're definitely capable of potentially uh, having a hiccup or two here down the stretch. I have not been a big believer in the Steelers so far, and I didn't really see anything today from their win over the Cowboys to to tear me from thinking that. So at this point in time, I think, yes, they are the clear number two in the AFC, but I don't necessarily think that's where they're going to finish. Uh, the Ravens, kind of like you touched on, had you know a pretty big turnover, and 
six points scored basically off that fumble recovery. But I thought they looked pretty good in the second half. And I do think that the Colts are a team that a lot of other people are high on. But from my perspective, the two teams that I've probably been fading the most the last couple of weeks are the Colts and Steelers. And I think that they looked both, you know, a little bit fraudulent, kind of what I have expected so far uh, this Sunday. So from that perspective, I can't really back off that point at this point in time. So how do you see the AFC stacking up at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think that's basically it. If you look at our power rankings, where they looked at a what would be the on a, on a neutral field, what we would expect versus an average team, how well a, a team would do. I mean, we had Kansas City. Uh, over four points better than the Steelers going into this weekend, almost three points better than the Ravens. I think the gap between the Steelers and the Ravens is probably a bit smaller than that. It's, a, it's probably a coin toss between those two, but Kansas City being the head and shoulders above above them. But it'll be interesting. But you know, it's going to be that all important buy, right? So who who gets that buy? Right. And there could be another slip up from Kansas City. That defense, while it's looked improved, is is not rock solid. It's not anything close to what the Steelers have to offer defensively. No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real-time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE, and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF Edge annual subscription. All right, well, when we start to get into... Monday night. Let's talk first about big picture in this game. I think I mentioned earlier the latest number I saw on this is either nine and a half or ten for for the Patriots. It's a pretty low over under around forty one or forty one and a half. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Ben? Yeah, I mean, the spread kind of has been all over the place. I do think it opened up as 7.5 points. Uh, the Jets were obviously 7.5 point home dogs. I do think it actually dropped down to a touchdown spread for a little bit. It has since rebounded. I do see it all the way out to plus 10 at this point in time. Both the cash and ticket percentages lean heavily towards the Patriots. Uh, I don't know if they're too many betters basically that are going to be able to back the Jets at this point in time. They are 1-7 against the spread uh, after failing to cover last week against the Chiefs, the widest number we have seen so far in 2020. So, um, I don't know. It's been basically all Patriots. I do probably agree a little bit with this point in time with the line movement. I do think that if you wanted the Patriots, you've probably missed out on the best number, so I wouldn't necessarily be jumping in at this point in time to the spread market. Uh, you touched on it as well. The total kind of shows this matchup is probably going to be less than appealing. Um, I think you can probably get that just from you know looking at the optics of this matchup as well, but it is the second lowest number we have in week nine. Uh, the cash ticket percentage... The cash and ticket percentages on the total have actually flipped towards the end of the week. I think 73% of the cash and 54% of the tickets are on the under. I think Greenlight would actually lean ever so slightly towards the over, but that doesn't really offer enough value to make it a worthwhile or uh, betting opportunity. So I think betting on this matchup is probably 
required if you're going to actually be watching this entire game. So I think there are potentially some player prop opportunities, but I'm wondering what you were seeing from a showdown perspective as well. Maybe we can tie some uh, plays in together to these player props that we like. Yeah, that we, we can definitely do that. Well, first let, let's roll. Let, let's take a look at Prize Picks. Um, that is our. We have a we have a deal with Prize Picks where you can get your up to your first hundred dollar deposit match there. Uh, you're basically choosing the over and under on players from a fantasy point perspective. So let's let's talk about that first. Uh, I mean, Cam Newton's going to be the the obvious big fantasy accumulator here with the fact that he has so much rushing production but at 20 fantasy points is his his over under it looks a little bit high here uh you've looked over this a bit you want to tell me what you're thinking yeah, so I have looked at it a little bit. I do kind of like Damian Harris under 11 fantasy points. Our projections have him close to the 8.5 fantasy points. I know we have him roughly getting 13 carries probably 53 yards if the game script is uh, conducive to him actually getting a decent amount of touches he could potentially get over this but he's definitely going to need um, I would say an end zone touchdown which hasn't really happened that much with Cam Newton in this offense he has been taking the majority of the goal line snaps so from that perspective I am kind of leaning towards under Damian Harrison 11.0 fantasy points I do think this game is probably going to play a little slow I don't think he's necessarily Sailor, the only guy in this uh, Patriots backfield either. So from that perspective, I'm kind of fading. What he has is what I would deem like a pretty high fantasy points projection. I do think there are going to be some other guys mixed in as well, which is kind of the Patriot way at this point in time. So I do think Damian Harrison under 11 fantasy points. And Jamison Crowder on the other side of football, I kind of like his over 12 fantasy points if he's able to play. Our projections have him closer to 14.9. Of course, he is kind of a target monster. Uh, you know, Joe Flacco may help him a little bit in this regard, just getting a little bit further average depth of target downfield. We don't have Stephen Gilmore in this matchup either, so I think that uh, if the Jets are kind of playing from behind a little bit, I do think that Jamison Crowder is going to get enough target opportunities to cover this 12 fantasy points um, without needing a touchdown. And if he gets a touchdown, he should easily clear that number. So those are the two prize picks that I kind of like going with one under, one over, uh, potentially fading a little bit the game script narrative from the Patriots side of view, but uh, playing into it a little bit on the Jets side. So we'll see how that turns out for me. What are you thinking of those two player prize picks plays in general and how does that kind of uh factor into your showdown analysis yeah no i i like both of those i think for showdown it's a little bit of a different dynamic because you're trying to figure out how the how the public feels how the ownership levels are going to be for them so for for the captain spot i mean my projections have it overwhelmingly going towards cam newton who of course is going to bring you the rushing production and the passing production um, but as far as where it's going to go for Jets players, uh, I'm saying that there could be potentially a little bit of value on someone like Brashad Perryman if he's very under-owned, assuming he goes back in here. Uh, maybe the ghost of Chris Herndon, if he could actually do something for once <laughs> on a football field. He's just has a very low salary now because of the fact that he hasn't performing well for, for a number of weeks, though. So those two guys look somewhat interesting to me. Um, and then, you know, Joe Flacco, if you want to throw him in as a flex option, he's not a good uh, captain option, of course. But, you know, Quarterbacks score a lot of fantasy points, so he's just going to be so lowly owned that he's a guy that you could probably at least sprinkle into some lineups and hope that you're going to get some production there. I mean, I know he's the backup quarterback, but of any of the backups in the league, he's obviously been playing uh, a couple of times this season. He's gotten a decent amount of reps. He's not 
probably the worst backup quarterback. He's not the best. He's not the worst either. So there is some possibility where if he has a good game, not many people are going to be on it, which is also a profitable way of playing showdown. Yep, definitely. I do agree with you, and I think I kind of like your idea of Cam Newton. I do think that he's obviously going to be really highly owned in both the captain or flex position. So, from our player props tool perspective, we actually kind of like him going over 207 passing yards. We kind of like him over 19.5 completions and over 1.5 passing touchdowns. So, maybe a way to play it is to actually get on some of these over from Cam Newton's uh, player props perspective, and then that would allow you maybe to fade him a little bit more in the showdown spot, especially at that captain position because uh, then you're kind of maybe hedging your bets a little bit at this point in time, but maybe we'll see a little bit more of a passing attack uh, from Cam Newton coming up here on Monday night. I mean, Patrick Mahomes rolled through the Jets' defense last week. I'm not saying Cam Newton is Patrick Mahomes, but I do think that this could potentially be a get-right spot for the Patriots' passing attack. So from that perspective, I don't mind targeting some of those over-player props, but there also are a number of under-player props. I do like Frank Gore under 38.5 rushing yards. I think he's going to have a difficult time getting anything going at this point in time, and uh, we'll see how many touches he actually gets. But there are definitely some more uh, under plays as opposed to over in this matchup, but that's just kind of how... Uh, the game strip is kind of reflecting for us coming up here on Monday night. So we'll see. What would be your like your favorite number one kind of under the radar captain spot um, position for a showdown besides maybe Chris Herndon? Yeah, I mean, if it's going to be under the radar, this is pretty far under the radar, would be uh, the rookie Denzel Mims coming in. He's looked pretty okay. impressive. And again, if Crowder is a little bit more banged up than you might think, he's a guy where... With, you know, Flacco at least presumably still has a pretty strong arm. So if he's a guy who can stretch the field, can get down the field, maybe he can get a couple of big plays. So he's someone who might be be under the radar in a game that you're not expecting a lot of scoring from the Jets in particular. Yeah, I do like that play. I mean, I've kind of was a Denzel Mims fan coming out of Baylor. He hasn't necessarily shown too much at this point in time, but I do think if you're getting some of those receiving injuries uh, break in his direction, he'd definitely be a viable play. Jamison Crowder is kind of banged up. Rashard Perryman a little banged up. I do think that we're probably going to see them both go, but you kind of uh, you know bring up a decent point, especially from Showdown. You're kind of looking to uh, move in a different direction than the market. Obviously, the market's going to move towards Denzel Mims if those two guys are out, but if they aren't out they're obviously going to completely forget about Denzel Mims and he could still potentially kind of emerge with a decent performance enough to kind of put you over the edge or the top basically in this showdown slate so we'll see it'll be uh it'll be interesting but I do think that we both agree you're probably going to need to get some money down on this matchup if you're going to actually watch uh the entire game at this point in time but yeah yeah otherwise it's going to be it's going to potentially be rough, but you never know. You know, sometimes what ends up supposed to be a good matchup, like a Sunday night, not so much. So Monday night could prove to be better than we expect. Yep, that's very true. That's very true. So this was uh, Ben Brown joined, as always, by Kevin Cole on the Monday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. We talked a little bit about Week Nine MVP race. Who's kind of going to be that front runner coming out as we head into Week Ten? Who's the favorite in the NFC, AFC? And uh, then we talked about Monday Night Patriots at Jets. So there's a number of good betting opportunities coming up. So until next time, thanks for joining us. 